Before we get started, a quick shout out to Law Tiger San Diego for sponsoring this episode. Check out lawtigers.com and give them a call if you're ever in a motorcycle accident. I've been looking forward to riding this road all day. It's a detour that adds a few hours to my already long day of riding, but there's no way I'll be this close to it and skip it. The road I'm talking about is Utah State Highway 128, which runs along the Colorado River between Moab and Interstate 70. And in my opinion, it's one of the most beautiful roads in the world. But when I'm only a few miles away from the turnoff for 128, a few things happen at once. The music in my helmet stops playing, and the Google Maps lady chimes in to tell me that there's a speed trap ahead. Normally, that's my cue to slow down, but it's already too late. Right as I get the warning, I see a motorcycle cop pull out behind me with his lights flashing. I've never gotten a speeding ticket before in my life, but I realize there's no way out of this one. I'm Sana Bowman, and this is The Scenic Ride. Welcome to episode two of this podcast, where I take you along on some of the most epic motorcycle rides in North America and beyond. And today, we're headed to Utah, more specifically to Moab. A little later in the episode, I'll talk to Mark Bolton, who runs Adventure Motorcycle Tours in the West, about some of his favorite trails in Moab, and I suggest taking notes during that conversation because he has a lot of great advice. Also, if you're more interested in riding pavement than doing some off-roading and want to take the trips we're talking about on this show, I would highly recommend joining our Patreon. If you do, you'll get access to detailed maps and multi-day itineraries for each episode with the best roads to ride, places to stop, and where to eat and sleep. It's basically an entire road trip already planned out for you with GPX maps that you can download and plug into whatever GPS device you're using, including Google Maps. On the last episode, we talked about Nevada, and those maps and itineraries are currently available for free on Patreon. So go get those now so you can see what you're missing out on. All right, that's enough housekeeping for now. Let's get into the show. Moab is located in Grand County in eastern Utah. It's pretty close to the border with Colorado. And if you've never been to this area, it's hard to imagine or even describe just how insanely beautiful it is. The town is surrounded by dramatic red rocks and towering cliffs, and Moab is a gateway town to not one but two national parks, arches and canyonlands. A ton of people come here every year for outdoor activities like hiking, river rafting, mountain biking, and of course, off-roading. There's so much off-roading here. Moab is also infamous for its speed traps, as I learned a few months ago riding into town on Highway 191. I did get a speeding ticket, and I don't know, I feel like it stinks a little extra when it's a motorcycle cop, because I think as motorcyclists, we should look out for each other. But anyway, I'm not going to dwell on that any longer because there is so much more to this area than the strict speed limits. 
And honestly, there's no better way to bounce back from a shitty morning like that than getting to ride a truly epic motorcycle road. And Highway 128 is one of the best. This road is 44 miles long, and most of it runs right along the Colorado River. Because of this, it's been designated as the Upper Colorado River Scenic Byway as part of Utah's Scenic Byways program, and apparently it's known among locals as simply the River Road. And the river is stunning. I love a good water feature, and I always find myself mapping out rides near oceans and lakes and rivers, but that's not even what sets the 128 apart from other roads. The river road runs through this narrow gorge surrounded by steep, intensely red sandstone cliffs. It's so spectacular, it doesn't even look real. If you're coming from downtown Moab, you'll go about two miles north of town and then make a right onto Highway 128. I've ridden this road a few times, and each time I've been completely floored by how stunningly gorgeous it is. I've even put Highway 128 on my top five list of the most beautiful roads in the U.S. It's one of those rides where it's almost hard to pay attention to what you're doing because you just want to take in every part of the scenery. Luckily, the riding is pretty mellow. There are some twists and turns, but nothing technical at all. I've also never encountered heavy traffic here, so that's an extra bonus. There are a ton of pullouts and viewpoints, and you can definitely take your time meandering along this road. I'd recommend spending about a few hours riding the road itself with some stops for photos and maybe to eat lunch. Uh, there are two resorts with restaurants that you can stop at, but I personally prefer packing a picnic lunch and eating at one of the picnic areas or viewpoints along the river. There are also several campgrounds in the area, and you could easily spend an entire day or more on the 128 if you stop to do some hiking or paddling or other activities. There are also a bunch of off-road trails in this area, so if you're on an ADV or a dual sport uh, or even a dirt bike, it's a good place for some side quests in the dirt. Also, the Utah Backcountry Discovery Route, or the Utah BDR, uh, actually connects with the 128 for a few miles. You could ride the entire 128 without stopping and still have an amazing experience just because of how next level the scenery is, but I'm still going to recommend some of my favorite stops. I personally love a good bridge, and I always stop at the Dewey Suspension Bridge. It was built in 1916, and it actually burned down in 2008. But before that, um, it was the longest, second longest suspension bridge west of the Mississippi. There's a new bridge that crosses the Colorado River right next to the old one now, but it's still worth a stop to check out the remains of the burned bridge. Another can't miss stop is Fisher Towers. There are these really cool looking rock formations, uh, kind of like spires or pinnacles that uh, are famous as a filming locations for several movies and TV shows, uh, including Westworld. You can see them from the 128, but you can also take a two mile dirt road to get up close to them and then go hiking through the cliffs. I haven't done the hikes myself, but I've heard that they're some of the best in Moab. And then, of course, there's the national parks. 
Utah has five national parks, and two of them are located just outside of Moab, and they're only a short detour off Highway 128. The closest one is Arches National Park. Uh, It's famous for its natural stone arches and giant rock formations. It's a really stunning place to ride and hike, and there's some fun switchbacks on the way in and out of the park, as long as you don't get stuck behind a slow RV or car. Uh, I would also highly suggest trying to catch either the sunrise or the sunset in Arches, or even both. Just a heads up though, if you visit between April and October, you need to make a reservation in advance to get into the park. You can do that on recreation.gov. The other national park near Moab is Canyonlands, and the main entrance is about a 25-mile ride from Arches, so you can do both of them on the same day. This part of the park is called Island in the Sky, and there's a paved scenic drive that you can ride um, all the way through with a bunch of pullouts and overlooks uh, where you can see the canyon from above. It's really beautiful. Another cool thing about Canyonlands, though, is that there are a bunch of off-road opportunities in the park, too. I'll talk a little bit more about some of those with my guests later in the episode. But if you are following off-road news, you're probably already aware that the BLM, or the Bureau of Land Management, recently announced that they're closing more than 300 miles of trails in Moab to motorized vehicles. There are some legal challenges to this, both from off-roading groups and the state of Utah. But in the meantime, if you're on an ADV or dual sport or dirt bike and you want to find out which trails are open to vehicles, I'd suggest using an app like Onyx Off-Road. Uh, not sponsored by them or anything, but I know their trail maps are completely updated based on the closures, so I'll link that in the show notes as well. Another thing you absolutely should not miss when exploring the national parks in Moab is Dead Horse Point State Park. It's located off 313 on the way to Canyonlands, so you can just follow the signs for it. Uh, Since this is a state park, there's a $10 entrance fee for motorcycles, but in my opinion, it is so worth it. If you've ever been to Horseshoe Bend in northern Arizona or seen photos of it, this is a similar vibe, but it's even more epic. You'll be overlooking a bend in the Colorado River that runs right through the red cliffs of Canyonlands, and it's just, it's so spectacular. Southern Utah is an amazing place for motorcycle riding, and there are so many scenic roads and views in this area that it's impossible to cover it all in one episode. So we're only focused on a small part of the state today, but I'm definitely planning on returning to Utah in future episodes. But for now, let's go even deeper into Moab. Stay tuned for my conversation with Mark Bolton. All right. Uh, My guest today is Mark Bolton. He runs Waypoint West Moto Adventures, an adventure motorcycle tour company. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to be here. And you have uh, someone else with you also named Mark. Who is uh, that? It's a friend of mine, Mark Anderson. He's an old ride buddy for about the last 25 years. We've ridden everywhere and everything together. So I thought, well, he's here. He can listen in. Awesome. Well, welcome to both the Marks. Thanks. Uh, okay, so Mark 1, I'm just going to call you that. 
<laughs> we uh, we met briefly at the ADV rally in Julian in California a few months ago, but mm -hmm. we didn't get to chat a lot then. So let's start by talking about what you do. Uh, what is Waypoints West? Sure. So Waypoints is uh, the traditional kind of a traditional tour company. We run it out of uh, the uh, front range of Colorado. So I'm north of Denver. Um, I'm offering about a dozen rides this year, anywhere between a th three or four day up to a full seven day BDR. I'm offering the Colorado BDR three different times. Uh, they're all guided tours. Um, bring your own bike or run one of my KTM 790s or 890s. I have those uh, for people that need them. So it's pretty traditional. A lot of uh, kind of upscale lodging, uh, no camping. Um, and the routes, because I got a lot of local knowledge and I got some guys that helped me, we, we kind of take folks on the good stuff that we know about. So that's one of our things. Um, so it's a, it's a full service kind of tour company. And do you rent bikes as well to people who don't want to do a tour with you? Not really. Um, I tried that for a while and there's just a lot more overhead with it. And I need to have my bikes available for my tour dates. So I've kind of backed away. Now I just uh, use them on only on my tours. So. Nice. And you have KTMs only? KTMs only right now. KTM 790s and 890s. Um, it's funny. Mark and I went and looked at uh, some Touareg uh, 660s. And I really like that bike. I, I'm this close to pulling the trigger on one to be my guide bike this year. <laughs> See cool. if I like it. So. Yeah, it is uh, refreshing to see an ADV company that doesn't do GSs only. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and you know, when we were at the rally, I rode one of those Pan Americas. That's an impressive bike. It yeah, it's really fun. Nice. Yeah, I own one. And yeah. I was on the Pan America team for that rally uh, with a couple of other girls on Pan Americas. And I mean, basically, they can do anything that the rider can do. I don't know that right. I'm skilled enough as an off-road rider to take the big bike on any you know, advanced trails, but the off-roading I've done on it has been really, really good. Yeah. For, for me, that bike doesn't feel as heavy as it is. It, it wears its weight pretty low and uh, a lot of power. My goodness, the power. Oh yeah. Um, it's fast. <laughs> and the fa the fancy suspension is uh, cool. It, the raised lower thing. Yeah. It was an impressive bike. I think um, they did a good job with it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I rode that Honda out there too, the Transalp. Did you ride one of those when you were there? I only rode the CRF 300L uh, on a demo ride. I didn't do the Transalp. It's a nice bike. I have to. I have to admit, I like it. Um, yeah, I hear good know. things about it. I think you can like really turn it into a, a great little ADV. Right. Right. Um, well, I think you know Grace. She just bought one. Yes. So. Yes, and she's definitely she's building it this winter. Um, so I'm yeah. excited to see what she does with it. Yep. Yep. I'm I'm trying to talk her into coming out and doing a ride next summer in Wyoming with me. So, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about Moab specifically, because mm -hmm. this episode is, I'm mainly focusing on Highway 128, but um, I want to talk a little bit more about like kind of the off-road uh, options in the area as well. Uh, mm -hmm. It looks like your tour, so you do a Moab discovery tour and... Mm -hmm you know that area pretty well. Do you yep. want to tell me a little bit about that tour and what people can expect on it? Yeah. So the, the tour is really all about if you haven't been to Moab or even if you have been a bit, but you want to really dig into it. Um, 
in and out of Grand Junction because it's a good airport to come in and out of. If you're going to go to Moab, your options are Grand Junction or you come in from Salt Lake. Uh, it's kind of the two ways to do it. Um, I come in, in in Grand Junction and we take uh, two different routes. We come in. Uh, one side is uh, part of the Cocapelli Trail and Highway 128 that you're talking about. And then on the way back, we go the, up around the southern side of the LaSalle Mountains uh, through John Brown Canyon, Gateway, Colorado, and back to Grand Junction. And then we do the White Rim. Um, Mark and I were talking. We've, we've ridden Moab forever. We've, I've ridden there hundreds of times. I've, I've ridden the White Rim on every kind of bike you can imagine, mountain bikes and motorcycles. We're kind of over the White Rim a little bit, to be honest, but it's a beautiful place. It's amazing tr trip, right? Because you run on that river. So that's our second day is the White Rim. And the third day, I've worked with a company over in Moab. You can ride your big bike on another loop, the LaSalle's or down to the Bears Ears. There's lots of places to ride your big bike. Or you can rent a dirt bike and go ride the Slick Rock Trail on your own. Or you can go see the uh, national parks, whatever you want to do. So that's kind of what that tour is about. Yeah, so. uh, there's a lot of options. I saw that you're doing Onion Creek Road as well as part of that tour. Uh, yes, Onion Creek will be part of it. We should talk about that. To me, the way to see that Highway 128 is includes Onion Creek. Have you done Onion Creek yet? I haven't, but I, I did definitely make a note about it uh, on here yeah. because it looks really beautiful and I want to know all about it because it connects to the 128. It it definitely does. So if if you want to think about ways to get to Moab, you've got the big highway 191, which just comes straight off I-70. Nothing very interesting. It's a four lane. Uh, it's a truck route. So there's lots of semis buzzing down the thing. Um, 128 comes in by the river, and I like getting to it. There's an actual exit, or east of that, there's an exit called Cisco, which is an old like a um, oil town thing that's kind of no more, right? It's, it's like a ghost there. town now. Yeah, it's a ghost town. It's kind of junk now. Yeah. But you get off on the Cisco exit, and it pulls you right around, and then you connect to the 128. Um, and you start buzzing down that 128, it's not super interesting at first because you're in the desert still. Right. But as soon as you get to the river and kind of turn west, really, it gets beautiful. The, the big walls, the, you know, the patinaed walls, and uh, you're on the river for a long time. Uh, the Cocapelli Trail crosses right there where that turn is. Uh, we can talk about the Cocapelli if you want later. Yeah. Um, but you cool. get... Dewey Bridge. Dewey Bridge. The Dewey mm -hmm. Bridge. Have you heard about that thing? Yeah. Yeah. I've been so there. there's a main big bridge there. But if you look just beside it, there's the old bridge. Uh, it's an interesting story. There's a plaque there you can read that it burned down a few years ago. It's like, a, I think a, a kid accidentally caught it on fire. Yeah. It I burned heard that. down. It's an odd thing. But that's Dewey Bridge. Um, that little road there at Dewey Bridge, the dirt road that takes off from there. If you want to go to this famous overlook called Top of the World, have you ever heard about that? It's, I've been there in a Jeep. I haven't done any off-roading on a bike in Moab, but I have done. Yeah, some it's Jeep. a it's a fairly that's a fairly stiff road to get on a bike and do it. I've yeah. done it, but it it's a tough road a little bit. Yeah, it's tough in a Jeep too a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it, right? It's a beautiful scene over Castle Valley. And I think it's it's a lot of you know more dirt bike and dual sport friendly trails it out there. Is. Yeah, More than the last time we did it, 
I was on a 500. So yeah. Yeah. But that's where that's at. And, um, then you keep going down 128, and you I think it's a must stop is to go in and see Fisher Tower, the, the big famous spire tower where people climb it all the time. Yep. Um, right next to it is Onion Creek Road. Right. So it, it comes in right there. Um, I take people on Onion Creek every time I go through there because it's such a fun sort of thing. Uh, you cross the creek. We keep counting it. I had everybody counting. Everybody had a different number. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Supposedly 28 crossings or something like that. Wow. But, and I tried to get everybody to count it. And one guy come back, well, I counted 31. I'm like, well, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but um, you can go up and back the thing. Or alternately, you could keep going out the top side of it. And it connects up over by Polar Mesa. And then you get on the LaSalle Loop Road. And you can drop back down either Castle Valley or you can go further around south and do the whole loop. Um, you can connect up and hit Sand Flats Road. There's lots of ways to get to Moab out of that area. And so. part of this is, um, or so some of these roads are part of the Utah BDR too, I believe. Are they you, are. You've yeah, written that, I'm assuming. The standard BDR is sort of that LaSalle loop stuff. Um, actually, the BDR comes in off the of Onion Creek, and you get on Highway 128 for a little bit east, and you hook, hook up with a dirt road that connects you eventually to a place called Yellow Cat. There's okay. a yellow cat exit on the interstate there. And that's where the BDR crosses above uh, Moab. So, yeah, it's cool. uh, now the alternate is a uh, Lockhart uh, Basin and all that. The really tough. That's the challenge route. Right. And it is a challenge. <laughs> would you uh, for someone who is new to ADV riding, would you recommend Moab or uh, do you think there are easier areas that you should go to like on a big bike? I think that. There's a lot there for big bikes. Um, anything from the LaSalle Loop Road, the Onion Creek Road is totally doable on your, your, your Pan American. You're going to love it. <laughs> you cross the creek, it's, but it's, it's like four or five inches deep, and, and it's nothing. And it's a hard pack road, so it's not all loose. Um, maybe there's two or three spots of embedded rock, and the rest of it's pretty flat in terms of the terrain. But you're in a, you're in a slot canyon, so it's pretty cool yeah um, onion creek all of that's good the uh, all that LaSalle loop stuff um and then there's lots of areas in moab like uh cane creek road that goes out by the river out of town there and mm -hmm. you get up you can go to chicken corners um the potash road i'll tell you another one that is really interesting i think we were just talking about this one if you've heard of schaefer trail um, i'm not sure so you go to Canyonlands Island in the Sky. Yes, that's the one where you get you get up there off a of three thirteen highway north of town, and mm -hmm. and you circle around up there. And just before the entrance of the park, or maybe it's just after. I think it might be just after. You head off of some switchbacks down a cliff. Oh yeah, I know about that road. Yeah, yeah. and the funny thing is, I was on it this past summer. They've turned it into a gravel road. It used to be a shelf road with some iffy spots. You could drive your your you know you could drive your uh, your Corolla down it now. So <laughs> it's changed. But if you keep going on that road, um, you come out down on the potash road by the river, and you can go back into town. And it's completely ADV friendly, um, and but it's beautiful. The scenery. Um, 
one of the places down there, there's a little overlook by the river. It's where they filmed the the famous scene in Thelma and Louise where the car goes off. Right. It's like there. <laughs> so, yeah. I think uh, one of the amazing things about Moab or one of the things I love about it is that it is great on the street bike. You can see so much beautiful scenery without getting off the pavement. I mean, there's yeah. there's the national parks, there's arches and canyon lands. There's Dead Horse Point State Park, which is yep. right before you hit canyon lands. It's so beautiful. Um, and of course, Highway 128 and the Colorado River. But if you really want to get deep and explore, there's so much off-roading as well. Oh, huge. It's huge. There's I mean, I'm just covering the ones that I think are really bigger bike friendly. Um, we've ridden stuff that on the bigger bikes that isn't quite that friendly, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, um, the option to get up to Canyonlands. That you, I don't know if you ever looked at this Gemini Bridges Road. Have you thought about that one? So it cuts across if you know where three thirteen is and go to Dead Horse. Gemini Bridges Road is a dirt road that kind of goes straight on up, and it's a a bit of a challenge right off the highway. A wide shelf road with some embedded and loose rock. But then once you get around the bend, it's just a dirt road. And there's some sand. There's a, about a half mile of sand. Oof. But it's beautiful. And they put so much uh, mag chloride on it, it's really gotten packed down. So it's kind of odd, right? You go up this hill and you go, oh, it's loose sand. No, it feels like pavement because huh. they, they put mag on it. Interesting. But, yeah, I was surprised how much was on it last time I was there. Um, and of course, the bridges, you stop and see the Gemini bridges, which are some flat arches that are yes. really a, it's a, it's a go-to place, a go-to scene. And so, that pops you out up by Dead Horse Point. Oh, so, perfect. Yeah. So well, lots of dirt. Yeah, there's a lot of dirt, but also, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, the BLM announced recently that they're uh, closing a bunch of trails, I think over 300 miles of trails in the Moab area. They did. Yeah, um, yeah. There obviously there are some court challenges to this, and who knows what how it's going to pan out, and it'll probably take years to go through all of that. But has your itinerary for your tourists been affected by this at all, or any other opinions or thoughts on it? <laughs> no, I mean my rides are not going to be impacted by it. It's an odd thing that the very month I heard that was going on, I had been sitting on Gaia doing some route work that <laughs> did go around that stuff. I was looking at Bartlett Wash and some of the dirt roads between green river. If you ever look in there, it's just, a, it's like a spaghetti string of rows all yeah. over in there. Yeah. And like Bartlett wash is one of the ones you can go on. Um, but it, no, it, it's not impacting my tours. It impacts me personally because I can't ride the tubes and I can't <laughs> ride dead cow wash. And you know, all these rides that are so nice up there that, that just aren't open anymore. Um, 10 mile Canyon or whatever it's called. That's a four wheel drive trail, mm -hmm. um, which would be good on these bikes, but it's closed. So. Yeah. I know there's it's still going to be something like 800 miles of trails still open. So there's, there's still a lot. a lot of trails. Um, yeah, there's a lot. And then some of the stuff South of town doesn't get thought about as much, but there's lots of stuff down there. <clears throat> lots of stuff to ride. Do you have any specific, yeah. Any specific recommendations South of town? Yeah, so uh, if you cut um, off of one, uh, 191 South, there's some parallel dirt routes that kind of 
weave in and out of there that I really do like. You, the way to find that is to go look at the BDR because it, it does cut through there. So if you look between, say, um, South Moab, LaSalle, the town of LaSalle, and then down into Mont- Monticello, there's there's a lot of routes down there. Um, yeah, my favorite writing is some of the stuff in the Abajo Mountains by Bears Ears National Park. and uh, It's beautiful there. It's, oh, and nobody's so down there. Yeah. You, you go down there and there's no there's no traffic, there's nobody. Uh looking yeah. glass arches down there, um, right off the highway. Um, but the Abajos are cool. So they're really worth it. There's so much good writing in Utah. I that's I'm trying to focus on just like a small part of it for this episode because I want to go back and do like Highway 12 and Zion oh, yeah. and like all those other amazing parts of Utah yeah. for for separate episodes. There's just like I could spend hours just talking about this writing. <laughs> it's so yeah, good. Moab is like that. I mean, my other tour that I got going in Colorado, I mean, in, in Utah is um, actually all those Highway 12. Attribute and all those places. We do the Henrys. People don't know much about the Henry Mountains. We do that. Um, yeah, I, we, I've been all over Utah forever, and I love it over there. Yeah. So, so beyond Utah, though, uh, what are some other tours that you guys do regularly? Well, Colorado BDR. I do. I'm doing those, and I do some stuff north of my house here, out of Colorado into Wyoming, and I do some short rides, which is one of my most popular, a three day ride that I just put on. We go and post up in uh, Wyoming for a couple of days and we do the BDR sections up there, the Wyoming BDR sections. And people seem to like it. Um, it's, it's a popular because it's three days. It's the weekend. Um, it's probably worth because your podcast is all about the scenic drive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I am doing an experiment with the Colorado BDR, my September BDR. I'm, I'm calling it the BDR light. So, I'm going to purposely route the bypasses, not the hard passes. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be more relaxed every day. It's going to stay off of those hard spots that people get nervous about. Because um, I talked to a lot of people in California at that rally that said that to me. Yeah. They're apprehensive about it. They, uh, Can I really do those things? And okay, I'm going to see if there's interest. And so I've got a scheduled one like that. So. I am personally very interested in that because I've been looking at the the Colorado BDR just for a few years now, and it looks so beautiful. But I am yeah. absolutely intimidated by some of those like mountain well, passes. And that's well founded intimidation, to be honest. It's yeah, um, especially on a Pan America. I would probably wouldn't do it on that. I used to have yeah. I had a Royal Enfield Himalayan uh, oh, before, yeah, that would be a perfect and that I would have taken uh, to Colorado yeah. for off roading. Yeah. Those passes are pretty 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 stiff uh and if you go back to utah you know you've got that stuff in lockhart basin hurrah pass that thing's the real deal you you want it's expert and it means expert right (laughs) so yeah Yeah, but i love the idea of a colorado bdr light tour i feel like that's you're definitely going to get some some good response to that yeah i hope so um but it's really scenic i mean we're going to do independence pass right through aspen and Mm -hmm. Those kind of things. And yeah. uh, so there's no, it's still the scenery, scenic tour, right? So yeah, absolutely. That's it. 
Yeah, I spent some time riding through Colorado this past year. I had never actually been to Colorado somehow. I've I've tried to make it there for so many years and I just was never able to. There's always weather or bike issues or something that got in the way. So I went twice last year and rode. I did all four national parks and did no off-roading really, but, you know, Million Dollar Highway and some of those like bucket list yeah. roads. I finally got to check off the list. And Colorado yeah. is so incredibly beautiful. Yeah. So you're trying to bag all the national parks, I heard. Yeah, that's that's my goal. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's at, good. I'm at 46 out of 63 right now, so I'm getting there. That's good. Awesome. Yeah, you guys have good national parks in Colorado for sure. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, is there anything else you want to add before we kind of wrap this up? No, I don't think so, unless you want to talk any more my web harder trails off-road trails you know but, what let's do it because some people might want to do what you're talking about with your tour they come there on a big bike and then they have a couple of days off where they want to rent a dirt bike yeah i mean and and even on the big bike uh the famous road sand flats road it's a way to get up into LaSalle's. that's a big bike ride too but it's dirt um and and you go right by the slick rock trail uh that's the famous one everybody knows about yeah um I, and I've done this with my big bike a couple times. You you ride it in probably quarter mile into the Slick Rock Trail on your big bike. It's quite the fun experience. So it's not difficult. But you're on Slick Rock. And um, it, if you've never ridden that kind of thing, it's an interesting experience. I've done, I've only, again, done that in a Jeep. And it is, uh, it's weird how grippy it is considering it's, really grippy. it's, it's yeah. called Slick Rock. Yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah. And up sand flats, there's the fins and things, which is a big loop. There's a lot of that same slick rock, and there's also some sand. Um, and then you get the porcupine rim up there. There's everything up there. But in terms of the real dirt bike trails, favorites, I'll list them off quickly. Sovereign, um, a massive back and cliffhanger, um, slick rock, steel bender, which is a Jeep trail. Uh, those are my favorites out there to ride dirt bikes on. Um, Do you have to have a plated bike to ride out there? Uh, just on the road parts, yeah, that's all. But most of the dirt roads, you get away with. I, I don't know. I, half the time, I've not had a plate out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you go out Cane Creek Road and Massaback and Cliffhanger, um, and if you watch the crazy videos, Chris Birch just did that last summer on his uh, 890, and it is a crazy thing to watch. <laughs> Yeah, it, some people it's quite entertaining. Are, yeah, yeah, it's fun watching those guys who really know what they're doing in the dirt. It is. It, it's fun watching the guys that don't know so much too. The Camel ADV guys do all that, and they they're pretty much just ch chunking their bike off the rocks. But oh yeah, that's fun to watch too for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now Moab is it's got everything you can imagine, um, and don't forget to stop and see Fisher Tower and see. Um, Morning Glory Arch, and that's on 128 there. 128, stop and fill up your, your camelback. There's water coming out of the side of the rock you can drink out of. And this is stuff like that. You, yeah. You stop and see it, you know. This is what I think is so good about Moab is that you you have to stop and look at the scenery because there are good dirt trails anywhere. I mean, I ride out in the desert in, in Southern California here a lot on my dirt bike, but it's just desert. 
there's yeah. not really anything to look at. So we just ride. We don't really stop and, and you know, take in the view that much. But in Moab, you have to because it's so spectacular. It's so beautiful almost everywhere you yeah. look. Yeah. You know, it's worth thinking about. There's a route you can take into Arches National Park. And there's a dirt road you can jump on and exit the park north. And it kind of pops you out up, uh, kind of up by Klondike Bluffs Trail and back onto the highway. That's a fun thing. I forgot about that. There's, see, there's so many things. There's so many yeah. things. I think they're also making a new state park just north of Arches National Park. Uh, uh, maybe. There's yeah. a bunch of riding that goes on there. They built years ago, they built a big mountain biking area there that's really nice. Uh, they call it uh, Moab Loops, I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've ridden that on mountain bike a lot. But there's a lot going on north of Moab. North oh. of Moab, south of Moab, there's in Moab. So there's a lot. <laughs> um, I'd be I'd be uh, off if I didn't tell you about the food and the lodging. We're going to do some of that for a minute? Absolutely. Let's get into it. So uh, we're big burger guys. So everybody in Moab goes to Milt's Burger Stand. It's over by the Slick Rock Trail. It, it's a greasy burger, but it's good. Moab Diner, everybody has to eat Moab Diner. We've had breakfast there for 20 years. It's the best. Um, there's Pasta J's. Everybody knows Pasta J's, I guess. And Moab Brewery. Um, I think those are our go-tos for the restaurants and, and that kind of thing. And I, I would have to tell you about south of town in LaSalle, the town of LaSalle. There's three-step hideaway. Um, it's an off-grid kind of a Western town to stay in. If you've got cabins and tents and Scott and Julie are motorcycle people. Oh, great. So they really do cater to the bikers. Uh, they're, it's fun to stay there. They have a great kitchen and Scott has a WR 250 Yamaha with 70,000 miles on it. Oh my God. I have a WR and it is, I would not want to ride that many miles on it. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. Right. He, he rode that thing across Alaska. Wow. And he did the tour of Idaho three years ago, the old paved route or the dirt route, the dirt road route, the easy route. He spent like two weeks up there and did it on that WR. So he is a, he's a trooper. That's hardcore. <laughs> yeah. You, you go to stay with Scott and you can hear all those stories. It's a lot of fun. What's the place called? Three Step Hideaway. Great. Yeah. It's, it's out there. It's south of town. Really between there and, and Monticello. Cool. So, yeah, I don't. I'm I'm not a burger person myself. I'm a vegetarian actually, but I usually go to the brewery in Moab. Moab. I think they have. Oh good. yeah, the brewery's got good uh, yeah. vegetarian stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, that place has been there forever. That and Pasta Jays are like the originals. They've been there a long, long time. Yeah, it's a cool little town too. Beyond the writing, you can just you know spend a couple of nights there and just explore the town. Oh heck yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, well. I've covered the food, the restaurants, and the and the, and the lodging. I think that's a yeah important part of it all. Absolutely. No, this has been this is great. I think anyone who wants to go to Moab and ride motorcycles should absolutely listen to this conversation, and they should hit you up as well. So, if someone is interested in doing a tour with you or learning more about your company, where can they find you? Um, I got a website, waypointswestmoto.com. I'm on Facebook. Uh, those are the two best ways to get me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Thank you to Mark and Mark for joining me. And thank you for listening. Just a few quick things before we go. 
If you go to our website, thescenicride.com, you'll find links to join the Patreon. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter and you'll find all episodes with show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening and I hope you'll join me for the next one. In the meantime, enjoy the ride. The Scenic Ride is written and produced by me, Sana Bowman. Our theme music is by Ryan Sin. If you like the show, please rate and review it and tell your friends to listen. For all the latest updates, follow at The Scenic Ride on Instagram and Facebook or visit thescenicride.com. Yeah.